All right, folks, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to doing the series that we were in uh, before Palm Sunday and Easter, and that was where we were looking at the book, the letter to the Colossians. You know, I've entitled this series, Our Life in Christ, and, and the reality is, is the whole book is trying to, the whole letter is trying to help you to understand your life as a believer in Jesus Christ, because there are people out there that will tell you different things that will distract you from the truth and will lead you down a path of defeat. And we've already looked at some of those things when we looked at the first two chapters about church culture and church life where you are told in order to have acceptance with God, you need to do certain things certain religious things and so forth. And, and Paul's made a very good point. I encourage you to go back, maybe listen to those messages as well as read for yourself. He's trying to tell you, you don't have to do those things. Your acceptance with Christ is not based upon you. Does everybody understand that? When you think about Jesus Christ saving you, when you came to him in faith, you recognized who he was, you recognized what he did for you, you recognized your need, you came to him by faith and said, Lord, I need you. That was not based upon who you were or what you did or didn't do. Your salvation isn't based on any of that. Your salvation is based purely upon what Jesus did for you on the cross. We just celebrated Easter, didn't we? Your salvation is based upon his victory over death when he rose from the dead. His acceptance of you right now isn't based on how your week went. So some of you had a great week, wonderful. Some of you had a terrible week. But that has nothing to do with who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is what Jesus made you to be. Did you understand when you got saved, it's what you became. The old you died. You're somebody new. And so today, he's going to continue on trying to help us to understand what it is to live as the person you are right now. So you ever heard, ever told somebody to stop living in the past? You ever had somebody tell you, tell you that? Ever told somebody that? Seems like some people get so fixated on, on some problem or some, some issue that happened in the past that, uh, you know, that's all they focus on. I remember... Lori probably doesn't remember this. I remember, oh, this would be more than 20 years ago. We were pastoring in Canada, and we were driving out to the church. That church had a Sunday evening service. And uh, some guy was riding my tail as we were going to church. And uh, I was kind of nervous and freaking out. And Lori's like, what's the matter with you? Well, I'd been rear-ended twice in the five years before, and, and I'm real nervous about people coming up on my, my, my backside of my car. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and so she looked at me and said, quit living in the past. Because I was allowing those past experiences to dictate how I was reacting now. We do that, don't we? Whether somebody tells us to stop living in the past or not, we do do that, right? Well, we're a product of our 
experiences in past, aren't we, George? Yeah, we, we learn from that stuff. Yes, we do, but that has nothing to do with your spiritual life. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean here in a moment. So the first thing I want you to see is, is as we, we, we look at this passage, we're actually going to go back, we're going to look at verses 5 through 7 today. So if you're in chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 5 to 7. But what I want to do is to help understand what 5 and 7 are saying, I want to go back to verses 3 and 4. So if you notice on the screen, you'll see verse 3 and verse 4. And so I want you to notice what he's telling us here. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing the Colossians. He's writing you and I. Here's what he says. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, I just want to make two two. Two valid points here that I need you to understand. I talked about this the last time we talked about this three weeks ago. So I want to remind you, here's the point. The reality of who you are is hidden in Christ. Remember I used the illustration of a seed and gardening? Okay, so all you guys who are gardening, you're preparing your gardening beds, you're, you know, you're, you're tilling it, you're, you're throwing in the manure or whatever else you throw in there, you know, you're, you're getting ready to compost, you can say, George, you don't know much about what you're talking about. You're right, because I'm not a gardener, okay? But I do know you, at some point, will place a seed in the ground. And then that seed changes into a plant that breaks forth and produces a fruit later on. This, this is the reality. He's, he's talking about you and I being hidden in Christ. When you got saved, you died. The old you died. The old person before salvation ceased to exist. You became new. You're hidden in Christ. And the reality of who you are is hidden in him. Even you and I don't truly understand who we are in Jesus. Anybody tells you they understand who they are, they don't really know what they're talking about. Because who you are, the totality of who you are, is even who you will become later on when you go to be with him. And everybody knows we get a new body, right? Hopefully you know that. Looking forward to that day. But, you know, the reality is the reality of who you are is hidden now because the old you died. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Your true reality will finally be exposed when Jesus returns. The true reality of who you really are as a believer will finally be exposed later on when Jesus Christ returns. We say, well, what if I die before then? Well, remember, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, those who've died in Christ will be raised up and will meet him in the air at the rapture. What? And will receive our new bodies. We'll, nobody's preceding anybody. We'll all be there with him. And that's when you realize who you really are. Now, here's the interesting thing. Paul's telling you this now. So you're not surprised later on. Why? 
Because he wants you to start living as the person you are right now in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants you to stop living in the past. And he's going to explain that now in verses 5 through 7. He's going to explain the whole issue of you and I stopping living the way that we used to live before we came to Jesus. And for some of you, I realize this is new information because what we hear is, is, oh, just come to Jesus, you're forgiven, and wait till you go to be with him later, and everything else in between is you struggling on trying to think what you think you should do as a Christian. No, no, he tells you right here what you need to do. Sad thing is, is we don't talk about this. But it just so happens we're going through Colossians, so we have to talk about it. And I think it'll be a blessing to you today. It's a blessing to me. So let's look at it together. Look with me at verse 5. He's going to do a call to action in verse 5. And then verse 6 to 7, he's going to give us a greater reality. So let's take a look at what it says. Verse 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. All right, now focus on that last part again. In which you yourselves once walked. Now, isn't it interesting? He just is saying here in verse 7 that these other things are your past. So live differently. Stop living in the past. So let's talk about it. So there's a call to action. So here's what we're going to do. Look at verse 5. We're going to take these verse by verse and help you to understand a great truth. Okay? All right, here, notice with me. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay. Here's the first point I want you to make. Here's what you and I need to do. He's telling you, you need to get rid of everything associated with your old life. What do you mean, George? Do I need to go to a monastery now? Give it all up and become a monk? Is that what he's talking about? No, he's not talking about that. He's not even telling you to give up your old friends. What he's talking about is you giving up your sins. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. We have this tendency, and, 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 and trust me, some people need to give up their friends. If you've got an addiction issue and the people you're hanging out contribute to that addiction issue, change your friends. I know that's difficult, but you need to change your friends. Okay? We understand that. That's what we tell people in recovery. Change your friends. It's difficult, but that's what we're told to do. That's not what he's talking about here, because I've seen this happen. I've been in church a long time, and when somebody comes to Christ, it's almost like give up your unsafe friends, you've got a whole new group of friends. Well, yeah, you've got a whole new group of friends that you've got to grow and get to know, but don't just give up your old friends. That's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is your life before Jesus, habits, attitudes, thinking, and that needs to change. 
So maybe before you came to Christ, I'll just use this as an example. I'm not thinking about anybody in particular, but it's pretty benign. You were a liar. And you were marked by lies. But now, you've come to Jesus. You've accepted him. He's accepted you. He's accepted you in spite of you. He's saved you, not because of anything you did, but because of what he did. And now the new you needs to what? Quit living in the old things. Quit lying. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing. All of us, if we're honest with ourselves, when we reflect upon our life, we can think of things that mark us. Well, here, let me give you the second point, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Second point here is, is this. You have to do away with specific sins that were once a part of you. You have to do away with specific sins that were once a part of you. Now, where are you getting that from, George? Look with me at verse 5. Because if you, if you don't stop for a moment and ponder what, what he's saying, it'll just move right over you. And you'll just go on and say, oh, that's not me. Listen to what he says here. Verse 5. Therefore put to death your members which are on earth. Now members, what is he talking about? He's talking about your body. He uses the same terminology in Romans 6. He's talking about the essence of who you are. Your body, okay, which is on earth. And then he goes through this list. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, desire, passionate desire, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, he's just naming a few here. He's not giving an exhaustive list, but he's naming a few things that mark people, and that's who they become. So why would he miss list fornication? Fornication is sexual sin. Why would he do that? Because some people, some people, that's their life. That becomes what they live for. That's who they are. Covetousness. I think we all understand that, right? You're riding around in a beater. Drive by and you see your friend in that new truck. Ever had that thought? I'd like to have a truck like that. Wish that was my truck. And you actually start thinking about, I need a truck. And it consumes your thoughts. That's why he calls it, which is idolatry, because your attention now becomes the worship of the truck. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what the dealers are hoping for when you come into them, is that you are worshiping something on their lot, right? See, this becomes the essence of who you are. So now what he's saying to you is, in this verse, listen, you have to do away with those specific sins in your life. It's not hard to understand what he's saying. Because listen to me. The stuff that you wrestle with, the stuff that I wrestle with, it's specific to each of us alone, right? Everybody understand that? Your sins are your sins. My sins are my sins. But listen, if we thought for a moment, we would realize we've always struggled with them. We've always had that issue. We've always wrestled in that area. And it became, becomes who we are. And, and, and here's the thing. Some of us, we identify ourselves right now 
by those sins and by those failures. And so we think, oh God, you can't accept me because I keep doing this thing. Notice what he says. Put it to death. Now what does that mean? Chop off my arm? Pluck out my eye? Isn't that what Jesus said in the Gospels? No, it's not exactly what he's meaning. But what he's saying is, quit living there. Be who you are now. Identify and live the way you are supposed to live right now. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because that's the old you. How do you know that, George? Well, if you go over to Romans 6, you've been set free from the power of sin. Before you were ensnared in it, before salvation, but now because of Jesus, you have the ability to say no. So stop and do away with those specific sins. So here's why you do that. Because there's a greater reality here that you need to understand. Here's the greater reality. Look with me at verse 6 and 7. Here's what he says. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. All right, now here's what he's saying. Well, what's he saying there, George? Here's what he's saying. These sins are the reason judgment is coming. Those sins are the reason judgment is coming. Listen, when you go over to Revelation chapter 20, and it says about the great white throne from which the heaven and the earth want to flee because of the one who sits on it, which, by the way, can I tell you who sits on it? Is Jesus. Paul talks about it in one of his letters as the day of terror. That's what's coming, the judgment. Okay. So every, all the dead will be raised up. The sea will give up the dead. Hades will give up its dead. Hell will give up its dead. And everyone will stand and the books will be opened. What are the books? The record of their lives and all their deeds. And they will be judged. This is why. These sins, the reason is, is these sins are the reason for the coming judgment. So why, why would he make that point? He's making that point so that you understand, listen, when you got saved, you became new, you were freed from those sins, so stop living in the past and living like you were part of it. It's always who you are, because we get that way. It's just who I am. Just who I am. You know, I've got red hair, so that gives me an excuse to be belligerent. Ever had somebody tell you that? I'm, I'm Irish. I'm German, so I can be rude. No, 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 no. You don't define yourself by those things, and those are not excuses to live the way you are, because here's the thing. Sins bring judgment. Everybody understands that, right? Because that's why you come to Jesus. Here's the other thing he says here. Judgment is coming on those who reject God and continue in their sins. That's ultimately what the issue is, rejecting God. It says in Revelation 20, and the books will be open, and those whose names were not found in the book of life will be cast into 
the lake of fire, which is the second death. This is the reality. Why, now, why is he telling us? Because you're saying to yourself, okay, George, I knew that. I know that this is, I know sins. I know there's judgment. I know that's why we come to Jesus. That's why I'm telling people about Jesus. Why is he telling me this? Because he wants you to understand you got to stop living in the past. As a believer in Christ, you are a new person now. So stop it. You can stop it. So stop it. That's, that's what his point is here. Here's, here's a couple of other things I want you to see. Verse 7 makes it very clear to us. Look at verse 7. He says this. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Here's the point, and sometimes I need to be reminded of this. You were once a part of those facing judgment. That was once you. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I really have a hard time with Christian arrogance. Do you understand what I mean by Christian arrogance? Does anybody understand what arrogance is? It's pride, being lifted up. And, and what I mean by that, and I've seen it through the years, because I, you know, I remember you know, being in church after I got saved 30-some years ago and being in a Baptist church, and, and, and there's just this attitude of us and them, us and them, us and them. You know, those unsaved people, we're okay because we know Jesus. The Bible has no place for that. You know why? Because the Bible says, you were once like that. And it's only because of Jesus that you're not a part of that right now. Do, do, do you realize that? Do, I, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I, you know, God has been so merciful to me through the years. I can remember... I used to have a very critical spirit about people. And that's not a good thing when you're a pastor. So in my earlier years, I was very prideful. And people would come in and I would try to guide them, but I couldn't relate to them. And then over time, God broke me in areas of my pride. To where now when somebody comes in, it's kind of like the old evangelist from the 1600s, George Whitfield, when he was passing by, seeing a man being led to the gallows, he said, there but for the grace of God go I. Maybe you've heard that statement. There but for the grace of God go I. So what enters into my mind, given the right circumstances, the right situation, who's to say that I wouldn't have done the same thing? And it's only because of you, Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's only because of you, Jesus. Thank you that you saved me. See, this is the point that he's wanting to make here. You were once part of those who were facing judgment. You're different now. So quit living there. Now, you don't get prideful about it, right? Here's the final thing he says here. This was due to, to the reality that sin was once your life. See, before, sin was your life. That's why he says, 
put to death those members, and then he lists all of these sins, okay? Life's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> the reality is, you're, not, you're somebody new now. You're somebody new. And that's where you need to be. Live like that. Because before the reality was sin, it's whatever you wanted and the patterns that you governed your life by. And it wasn't good. But now it's different. See, this is what he wants you to see. So here's the reality, folks. Stop living in the past. Be who you are now in Jesus. Be who you are now. Okay, so what do we do with this, George? Well, it's the conclusion I've given you for all of this series. So I'll just tell you something for you to reflect on. Here it is. You have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. You have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. Okay? That's just the bottom line. That's the reality. What do you mean get serious? Well, you've got to decide, I'm going to quit defining myself by my sins that have always been there. It's easy to do that. Because that's what our culture does. Our culture defines ourselves by our failures, does it not? That's why we're always trying to succeed, so we can have a new way of being defined. We want to define ourselves by the victories rather than by the failures. But let's be honest, the failures are there. Now for you as a Christian, listen to me, you don't have to define yourself by any of that. You have to define yourself by what Jesus did for you and who you are now in him, who will one day be revealed. Remember, that's what verse 3 and 4 is talking about. Who will one day be revealed when we go to be with him and we get our new bodies. And it's all going to be different and new. So stop living in the past and be the person Jesus called you to be. Right where you're at, right where you're working, that's what he's calling us to. Let me pray for you.